0: Good morning, lovely to see you, for those who I haven't seen this here, Happy New Year to you. It's exciting when you come to church and you hear testimonies of what God is doing in people's lives and how he's using people just to walk across the room or walk across the street and just be available to be used by you such stuff should excite you, should excite all of us. And when you hear such stories, your heart should be bubbling with the desire that I want to get in. It should be bubbling with the desire that God, I am available. Use me. If you sit in church and then someone gives a testimony and you feel like you are getting annoyed by what they are saying or you are getting irritated by the person, then you really need the grace of God. So I just want to throw it out there because God is doing things in our lives and most of it, actually 90% of it, we don't even realize. We just forget and never even think about it. But if we put our heart at a place whereby we are saying always, God use me, what do you want to do in my life? Then we say, Holy Spirit, can you remind me of what God is doing in my life? Then you will find God reminding you of things and bringing opportunities your way that you just realize God is working. And when you know God is working in your life, your heart is always at peace. So today I want to take you on a journey, to take us on a journey that will really define where God wants to take us and where his spirit wants to lead us this year. I don't have many plans for this year. But I, I have great faith in God and just the unknown that he's going to do in my life. I'll pack right there and go in the text to read from Ezekiel chapter 47. The words are going to come up on the screen. Yeah. So the Bible says in Ezekiel chapter 47 from verse 1, I'm going to take the first 12 verses if times allow me. The man brought me back to the entrance of the temple and I saw water coming out from under the threshold of the temple towards the east. From the te- for the temple faced east. The water was coming down from under the south side of the temple, south of the altar. He then brought me out through the north gate and led me around the outside of the outer gate facing east, and the water was trickling from the south side. As the man went eastward with a measuring line in his hand, he measured off a thousand cubits, and then led me through water that was ankle deep. He measured off another thousand cubics and led me through the water that was knee deep. He measured off another thousand and led me through the water that was up the waist. He measured off another a thousand, but now it was a river that I could not cross because the water had had risen and was deep enough to swim in. A river that no one, Could cross. He asked me, son of man, do you see these things? Then he led me back to the bank of the river where when I arrived, I saw a great number of trees on each side of the river. He said to me, this water flows towards the eastern region and goes down into Araba where it enters the Dead Sea. When it empties into the Dead Sea, the salty water there becomes fresh. Wow. Swarms of living creatures will live wherever the river flows. There will be large numbers of fish because this water flows there and makes the salt water fresh. So where the river flows, everything will live. I'll repeat that. Where the river flows, everything <coughs> Will live. Fishermen will stand along the shore from Engedi to Englime, where there will be places for spreading nets. The fish will be many of many kind, like the fish of the Mediterranean Sea. But the swamps and marshes will not become fresh; they will be left over for salt. Fruit trees of all kinds will grow on both banks of the river. Their leaves will not wither, nor their fruit fail. Each month they will bear fruit because the water from the sanctuary flows to them. Their fruit will serve for food and their leaves for healing. Now this is an incredible picture. I just want to take a second to put these words in context. This is Ezekiel writing. Ezekiel is defined as the prophet of hope. Why is he defined as the prophet of hope? It's because the temple was destroyed and the children of Israel were carried into captivity in Babylon. And Ezekiel being a young man was carried with them into captivity. And then while in captivity, Ezekiel starts to receive visions from God. And the whole book of Ezekiel is just about these visions of what God wants to do. And the underlining message in the book of Ezekiel is that when you just think there is no hope, when you just think that it is all over, when you just think that God is done with me and I have nowhere else to go, Ezekiel is declaring in his visions, there is hope. There is hope. God is not yet done with you. God has not yet left you. And so in the previous chapter coming to 47, Ezekiel sees a vision of this temple. The temple that was destroyed, now he sees a vision of even a bigger temple than the temple of Solomon. And in this temple, he sees the presence of God resting in this temple. Now in this chapter... He sees a man who tells him, come into the temple. And as he enters the temple, he realizes or he notices water, a kind of a spring trickling at the altar. And then this water comes from the altar and starts trickling through the south gate outside. Now it's just little water trickling from the temple. Now the man tells Ezekiel, Walk with me. And he has a measuring line in his hand. And he measures a thousand cubicles. Something of about half a kilometer. And Ezekiel is walking as this man measures. And Ezekiel realizes that the water now that was just trickling from the temple has become now kind of a paddle. A stream. And the water is as his ankles. And then the man tells Ezekiel, Walk with me again. And Ezekiel walks with the man. And going another, maybe half a kilometer or so, he looks. And the water is now at his knees. Now, what is going on here? If you know the history of rivers and how they are formed, water can start trickling in a little bit, then become much yet there is no other stream that is joining in. We are not told anywhere in the scripture that there is any other stream or any other water that is coming from the side and joining this stream. But this tiny little water that trickled from the temple is now growing bigger and bigger as Ezekiel continues to walk. So what is happening here? He walks on a little bit further And now the water is at his waist. And the man says, walk with me again. And he walks and he realizes that he cannot walk anymore. This little water has now become a river that he can swim in. And then the man takes him to the bank and he can stand at the bank and look at this big river... And he can see beautiful flowers and trees and fruits. And then this water pours into the dead sea, which is dead, as dead as dead. And now this dead sea has sprung up to life. They are fish and living creatures, all beautiful in this dead sea. Now there are two schools of thoughts on this picture. One school of thought is that this picture depicts a reality that will happen in the millennial kingdom when Christ comes and becomes light at this temple. There is another picture of reality that depicts the physical describing the spiritual. I want to concentrate on the second picture that here God is using a physical picture to describe what is happening in the spirit. And I'm going to discuss this vision or this dream in threefold. One, I'm going to discuss the source and I'm going to look at how this river flows and then I'm going to finish off with the direction of this river. First, let me look briefly at the source of this river. By the time Ezekiel is receiving this picture, there was no temple. The children of Israel were not even in the promised land. They were in captivity in Babylon. Now he's receiving a picture of this beautiful temple and a river streaming from this temple. But this was not the first time the children of Israel were hearing about springs and waters. Earlier on, Isaiah had prophesied of the water that will be poured out in the land and the thirsty will be filled and streams will fill the ground land. Earlier on, also the psalmist had declared that there is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy place where the Most High dwells. So they had heard this before. That there is this stream that will come. There is this river that will come that will bring life. But because they are in captivity, they had not seen that as a reality. And even when Ezekiel is seeing this picture, they had not seen that in reality. I'm going to just pack on the sauce for now. I'll come back to it later. I want to look at the flow of this river. First, we are told that the man takes Ezekiel to a place whereby he walks a thousand cubicles and he steps into the water and the water is at his ankles. Now, this speaks about our salvation. This speaks about the first step that we take towards accepting the Lord Jesus as our Lord and Savior. The Bible says in Revelation chapter 3 that here I am, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hears my voice and lets me in, I will come in and I will have a meal with him. Here you have an opportunity to step into the water and say, here I am Lord. I am accepting you as Lord and Savior. I am giving my life to you. I am dedicating myself to you. But this step is not the whole of what Christian faith is based on. Because you are so vulnerable at that stage of stepping into the water. Because you are stepping into the water, but in most cases, our minds are still wandering off into the world. Because when you are stepping into the water that looks like a puddle, you still have all the control of your feet. You still have all the energy in your body. You can come in and out of that puddle at will. So you are not really still on the foundation that you are supposed to be in. Peter actually speaks about this by by saying that like new babies, crave pure spiritual milk so that by it you may grow up in your salvation now that you have tested that the Lord is good. When you step in, you test the goodness of the Lord. The Lord comes in and he tells you, all your sins have been forgiven. I am accepting you as my son. I am giving you the promise of eternal life. All of those things are great things. Now that should create in you a craving to desire to know more, to desire to keep on walking, to desire to have faith, to say that I am going to put my faith and trust in the Lord Jesus. But in so many cases, it doesn't happen that way. We step into the river, we declare, I am the Lord and Savior, Jesus is the Lord and Savior of my life. And then I continue, I keep walking in my own ways. I don't continue walking as I dig deeper into his word, as I dig deeper into committing to him, as I dig deeper into obedience to him. And many people, if you take statistics, even here in the UK, they will tell you, I am a Christian. They will be very quick to put their hand up and say, okay, this is a Christian nation, I am a Christian. But that is just where it ends. They will never take another step to do anything about their Christianity. If you take statistics about how many people say they are Christians and how many people go to church every Sunday the numbers are quite far apart. So we are stepping in, but then we refuse to go any further. It's normally when you are a baby that you have that kind of mentality. It's like taking a baby and taking them out in a puddle. The baby enjoys the puddle. They will dance in the puddle. But if you take a 15-year-old and you find them jumping and dancing in the puddle, it doesn't look right, does it? So the question is, how long are you going to stay a baby? You stepped into this puddle as a baby and you are so excited and danced in the puddle. But 15 years later, you are still dancing in the puddle. And the Holy Spirit is saying to you today, it is time to move. It is time you make another step. Because you don't look right in the puddle where you are. In this puddle, you are still in control. You still have all your anger issues. You still have all your forgiveness In your heart. But you are in the puddle. You are still there, still rumoring and murmuring about other Christians. Yet you are in the puddle. Paul writing to the Corinthians church, this is on the slides, Peter, he says, brothers and sisters, I could not address you as people who live by the Spirit. Because as people who are because people who are still worldly. Mere infants in Christ, I gave you milk, not solid food, for you are not yet ready for it. Indeed, you are still not ready. You are still worldly, for since there is jealousy and quarreling among you, are you not worldly? Are you not acting like mere humans? And in Hebrews it says, in fact, though at this time you ought to have been teachers, you need someone to teach you the elementary truth of God's word all over again. And that is the problem that we have. We do not want to move another step. Because anchored deep waters require little effort, require little commitment or no commitment at all. But if you want to experience joy and fulfillment... Trust and love that God that comes with this kind of minimal commitment. Because while professing the love for Christ, you are still deeply in love with the world. I can just see this in the life of Jacob. I like using biblical examples. Jacob walks after he has stolen the blessings of his brother Esau. And he is walking, he is, he is running away and he sleeps somewhere in the desert using a stone as his pillow. And he has this vision of a ladder with angels descending and ascending. And he sees the Lord at the ladder and the Lord says, Jacob, I'm going to bless you. I'm going to bring you back and give you this land. I'm going to bless your descendants, will be like the sons of the sea. And I will not leave you until I have done what I have promised to you. Jacob wakes up and he says, wow, in, generation, in, gen, in Genesis 28, the Lord is here and I did not know it. The Lord is with you, brothers and sisters. Even if you are walking in your own wrong paths, the Lord is still with you. His love is still chasing after you. And Jacob realizes this and says, oh, I'm going to serve this God. He makes an altar. But what does Jacob do? He continues walking in his tricky ways. He continues keeping his wrong path. Yet he has made that commitment. Lord, because you have promised to do this to me, I am going to serve you. But he continues to walk in his own ways. But thank God for Ezekiel. He didn't stop at the ankle dip. When the man said, walk with me again, Ezekiel walked and continued following the man. Now Ezekiel reaches a point and he realizes the water is at his knees. The knees is a place of prayer. It is a place of dedication. If you decide to walk on this path, if you decide to seek the heart of God, the face of God, you will reach somewhere, you will realize, oh, I need to pray. I need to go on my knees. And even without realizing, God has a way of bringing us to our knees. With our hard hearts, with our unbrokenness, if we lean on him, if we trust him, God has a way of bringing us to our knees. Brian has just been talking about meeting to pray. Church, we really need to pray. This year, if you are not praying, we really need to encourage each other to pray. Because we are living in dangerous times. And unless we pray, unless we pray, things are not going to happen unless we pray. Unless we take time personally to pray in our houses, in our private time. Unless we take time to meet as a church, as a congregation to pray. We are living in the hard times. And I want to encourage you. Learn how to pray ask God to teach you how to pray ask God to give you the spirit of prayer so that over and over again we will go on our knees as individuals as a church we need to go on our knees but still even on our knees we still have control because we can still move we can still move. We can still walk. We can still skip and go to the bank when the water is out of our knees. I can still see this in the story of Jacob. Jacob is still continuing in his way and in desperation, his brother is coming to meet him with 400 men. And Jacob realizes that my manipulation is not going to work anymore. My cunningness is not going to work anymore. So what does he do? He gets on his knees. God has a way of bringing us to, his, to our knees. And he desperately seeks God's face and says, God help me, deliver me. If you don't come to my rescue, I'm a dead man. Church, I would desire that we go on our knees, willingly. We go on our knees and intercede for our families, for our friends, for our communities, for our country, willingly. Because if we we don't go on our knees willingly, you will walk in paths that circumstances, situations, troubles, and trials in your life will force you on your knees. And it is never a good place to be. But thank God, We have a God of grace. We have God of mercy. We have God of goodness. But even though our knees is a good place to be, even though it is a great place to be, it is not the whole picture. Because we get on our knees and still think about us. Our prayers are full of me and what I want. Me and my desires. Me and what I want God to do. It is all about me, me, me. So that is not the whole picture where God wants to take us. Some of us go on our knees in the view of everybody. Like Jesus told the Pharisees, you pray in the view in marketplaces so that people can see you. But that doesn't reflect at all how we live our lives. When someone sees you pray, when they sees you reflect, they say, wow, Felix has really got it. But privately in your heart, privately in your home, you know that I haven't got it. I am doing a show. I'm doing a display. So there are faults even on our knees. But God wants to change us. That is why he don't want us to stay on our knees. He says, get up, walk again. Walk with me again. And good for Ezekiel, he walks. When he walks, he realizes the water is now on his waist. The other text, other versions, they say his loins. (coughs) Loins is a place of reproduction. Now when you keep walking you realize that you want to give birth. You want to reproduce. You want what is on you to catch other people. And as I told you at the beginning, that is when you start realizing that God wants to do something in my life. When people share about the greatness of God, the goodness of God, and you feel your heart pumping with anger, with fear, with frustration then you are still in the puddle. But when you feel like, God, I want that. I want some of that. When you see someone praying out, when you see someone praying in the spirit, and you feel in your heart, Lord, I want that. Then that is where God wants you to be. Because it is a place of reproduction. He says, go and reproduce. Go and make disciples. Jesus was always praying He was always praying, but he never stayed praying. He was praying, then going out. So it's just not prayer, but it is prayer with obedience. It is not just me telling God what I want. It is me hearing from God what he wants, then going to do it. So Jesus gives us a role model, a good example. Because he prays, he prays his desires, his will, his desire to God. And then goes and does the will of God. He's there in the garden of Gethsemane praying, tears dripping down his cheeks. He's praying, even tears dropping like drops of blood. And saying, pleading with the Father, take this cup away from me. But not your will, but not my will, but your will be done. And then he comes from that. He lives, drops his desires and he goes to the cross. That is the prayers that we need to be making as a church. And that is the desire that we have to reproduce. I want to speak specifically to those who are in the senior years. You have done great jobs for God. But I want to tell you this morning, you are not done yet. Because some of you have written yourself off. You are saying, oh, I've served God for so many years. I'm now retiring. You are not done yet. And if you think you are done, God is not done with you yet. But I want also to speak to the young ones. That your time has come where you need to take the baton. Where you need to say, I need to step in these shoes. I need to serve here. I need to follow this man, this woman. I need to learn from them. I need to stick on them and learn from them. And step into their shoes. Because as a church, young and old, God wants to use us. It is great Andrew has served the church for 25 years plus. 23 and he's handing on the button. I feel like a church, you will go through a process of learning afresh. Because the button is being handed out to someone who is not a replica of Andrew, but someone who is different in his talents and gifts. Nathan is not going to be exactly like Andrew. So don't stop looking for Andrew in Nathan. God wants to take you into a process that you are going to learn afresh new things. To learn afresh new systems. To learn afresh new ways of doing things. And when Andrew is leaving, he's not going to live and sit at home. God has a plan for him. He is retiring, but his job is just beginning. So we should have faith that even when we leave the button to the next person, God still has desires for us to reproduce. Desires for us to come along and support each other. Because that is what he has desired for us. But the waste is a good place for reproduction. It is a good place for giving birth. It is a place where we understand justification and the grace of God and the mercies of God. It is a place whereby we get entrenched into the doctrine of Christ. And we get a grasp of what God wants to do in our life. But that is not the whole picture. We sang a song earlier. Take me deeper, deeper still. Deeper, deeper still. And that is what God wants for you. That is what the Holy Spirit wants for you. Going deeper. Going deeper. Continuing to go deeper. Not being satisfied with where you are, but saying that, God, I want more. And you will realize something in this Ezekiel picture. There is at no any point that Ezekiel was forced to go. The man said, walk with me. And Ezekiel willingly walked with the man. If Ezekiel had reached the ankle deep and said, I'm not going any farther, the man would have left him there. If he would have reached the knee deep and said, I'm not going any further, the man would have left him there. So I want to tell you this morning, God will only take you as far as you want to go and no step farther. If you reach the knees and say, this is where I want to be, that is where you will be for the rest of your life. He will keep beseeching you, come. Come into the deeper waters. Come and follow me. Come and learn more. Come, I want to give you more wisdom and knowledge and understanding. But he will never grab you and move you unwillingly. You have to say with your heart, I want to make another step. And unless you say, I want to make another step, you will remain where you are. So good for Ezekiel. He makes another step. And as he makes this step, he realizes that he has no control. He has lost control completely. Now this paddle, this stream has now become a mighty river. And all he can do is swim in this river. Now it is not him having the control of the river, but it is the river having the control of him. And that is where God wants to take us as a church. He's giving us a picture. Here is where I want you to be. But how to get there? Here is the path to get there. So you choose. Where do you want to be? Do you want to come into the deeper waters? Or you want to still continue standing in the paddles? I see Jacob at this point wrestling with God. And the Lord says, I want to go. And Jacob says, I'm not going to let you go until you bless me. And the Lord blesses him by removing his hip. He goes limping. He goes limping. But his name has changed. He's no longer Jacob, but Israel. And I feel for you that if you stick on this journey, if you stick on this road and say that I want to go with you, Jesus, all along the way, there will be things about you that people will notice. People will start asking, why are you like that? And you will have the opportunity to say, yes, I look like I'm limping. But there is a story behind why I'm limping. So over the top, that is where the Holy Spirit wants to take us. So that's all I'll say about the flow. Let me speak about now the direction of this river. The Bible tells us that this river now, which has become a river that Ezekiel is swimming in, now goes into the Dead Sea. Now, the Dead Sea is just like the name suggests. It is dead. There is nothing that lives there. It is the lowest point on earth. And even though the river is so deep, it is impossible to sink in the Red Sea. Because the the, the water is 35% minerals. So the water is heavier than your body. So it is impossible to sink in the Red Sea because nothing lives there in the Dead Sea. But something funny or something amazing, when this river pours into the Red Sea, uh, the Dead Sea, I mean, the water becomes fresh. Now, for you who have done simple elementary science, if I have two glasses of water, half-half, one salty water and one fresh water if i pour the fresh water in the salty water what will i get i'll get salty water but this is an amazing picture because when the fresh water pours into the salty water the salty water becomes fresh so the death in the river doesn't overcome the river, the fresh river, but the fresh river overcomes the dead or the death in the Dead Sea. And I feel for us as a church, this year it has come a time whereby we need to call out dead things to come alive. You have dead things in your life that you have walked with all your life. They are dead, they are stinking. But you are still walking with them, dragging them along all your life. This morning, the Holy Spirit wants to empower you to speak to those dead things in your life and say, come alive again. Be it relationships that are dead. Be it your prayer life that is dead. Be it your commitment to God that is dead. Be it addictions in your life that are dead. I want you to start calling those things into life again. Start reclaiming back the freshness in your life that the Holy Spirit wants to impound on you. Because this river overcomes the death in the Dead Sea. So what is dead in your life? Call it to life this morning. So where do you see yourself in this prophetic picture? The man asked Ezekiel, son of man, do you understand these things? And I'm asking you this morning, do you understand these things? The Holy Spirit is speaking to your heart asking you, where are you at? So you have to be honest with yourself and say, I am ankle deep. I am knee deep. I am waist deep or I'm overflowing. But not that is is he asking you, where are you this morning? But he's asking you, where do you want to go from where you are? And it is your willingness to say that this is how deep I want to go. That is where he'll take you this year. That is where he'll take you this morning. So desire to go even deeper desire to go even further desire to be available and used by god this year and you will see him come along you and take you where he desires you to be now i want to go back to the source even as i finish now listen to this this is really important this temple There is the temple. Then there is a source, a spring that comes up. What is this source? Even as the children of Israel received this prophetic picture, they knew something about the source. They knew something about this river. And more than 400 years later, after Ezekiel had prophesied this picture, they were there in Jerusalem, gathered for the feast of the tabernacles. In this Feast of the Tabernacles, they will pitch tents outside in their thousands. And they will commemorate for seven days. They will commemorate how God poured water over them when they were in the wilderness. And on each day, priests would carry these jars. And they will go outside and make a procession into the city. And they will go to the pool of siloam and they will draw water with these jars and they will come in the temple and they will pour this water in the temple to commemorate that god poured over them water when they were in the wilderness now on the last day the eighth day of this week the most important day a big procession will come the high priest will carry a a golden pitcher And he will go with people processing and they will go into the pool of Siloam and draw water. And as they come to the temple, he will pour this water at the altar. And as he pours this water at the altar, they were not just only commemorating that God poured water over them, but they were anticipating that he who would pour water over them once again, he who would pour the Spirit over them once again, will come. And will pour this water over them. Now on this day, the greatest day, as they are commemorating Jesus, Jesus stands in the midst of them, according to John chapter 7, and said, If you thirst, if you thirst, come to me, and out of your innermost shall flow rivers of living water. Now, what is Jesus saying? Jesus is saying, I am the source. I am this source that is bubbling up at the temple. I am that source. But if you come to me, then out of you shall flow forth rivers of living water. Now, how does that happen? 1 Corinthians Paul writing to the Corinthians says, Don't you know that you yourself are the temple and that God's spirit dwells in you? So you are the temple. You and I are the temple of God. And the spirit of God dwells in each one of us. And he says also in Corinthians 6 that, Do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit who is in you? Whom you have received from God, you are not. You are on. So what am I saying? I'm saying that Jesus, who is the source of this river, lives in you. And you, your body, you are the temple. You are this temple that Ezekiel was seeing. This temple that has the glory of God shining. You are that temple. Your body is that temple. Jesus, who is the source, is in you. So where is that river coming from? That river is coming from you. This picture speaks about you. It speaks about your life. This river that comes from you is going to nourish others around you. Now, how deep you are in this river will determine how many people will be nourished by the water that flows from you. Jesus has privileged you To be the bearer, the carrier of this river. This stream that is bubbling up. He has privileged you to carry that stream. He has settled in you. He lives in you. Now walk and carry this stream to the ends of the earth. Because that is his desire for you. Because in John 14 he says, on that day, which day? The day the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you will realize that I am in in my Father and you are in me and I am in you. He tells you, the day that you will open up to the reality of who I am, the day that you will open up to know that I am your God, that day you will realize that I live in you. Because I live in the Father, now I live in you. And if you know where you are, if you know that you are rooted in Christ, if you know that you are of Christ, then you will walk like you are in Christ. You will act like you are in Christ. You will behave like you are in Christ. So as you go even this day, just realize and know the presence of God is walking with you. The presence of God is going with you wherever you go. So whatever darkness that is in your life, as you get into that darkness, bring the light of Christ in that darkness. As you meet darkness that is in other people, bring the light of Christ in those people. Because that is where Christ wants you to be. So we are to be bearing fruits. We are to be rivers to our family, to our colleagues, to our workplaces. Let the river carry you wherever the Holy Spirit leads you. And the desire to go deeper. Because deeper still is where Christ wants us to be. Shall we stand? I don't know your desire this morning. I don't know your desire for this year. I don't know if you are one that is saying I am comfortable where I am. If you are comfortable where you are may I remind you you are not in a good place. Because the Bible says here in this text but the swamps and the marshals will not become fresh they will be left for salt. So if you say where I am I don't want to move and go anywhere. I am comfortable. Then you are becoming swampy. You are not flowing. And it says, if you are not flowing, then you are going to remain the same. You are going to become dead. So I want to encourage you, whether it is baby steps, whether it is big steps, make a step this year. Tell God, I don't want to be where I was, Yesterday, I want to make another step. For Ezekiel, it was a thousand steps. For you, it might be two. It might be one. It might be a half. It might be 10,000. Whatever you do, whatever decision you make, make a step. Don't stay where you are. Because if you stay where you are, you risk being swampy. You risk dying. And the Lord doesn't want you to die. He wants 2018 to be better than 2017. And He has given you this big picture of what He wants to do in your life. So it is yours for the taking, it is a privilege for you to walk in.